0: so much and hello everyone thank you for welcoming us welcoming us here it's great to be back here Uh, and I think we spoke here about three years ago four years ago before we went to Cambodia so it's great to be back and to see you all meeting together again Uh, this has been such a strange year and I'm sure it's been strange for you as well but we bring bring greetings from uh, WEC Bible College where we've been staying over the last few months uh, and we also bring greetings from other Baptist churches around Tasmania that we've been and visited. Um, and it's great to... I think the thing that we've learned from this year is the importance of community. So it's great to come here and see you all meeting together and see the uh, the strong sense of community that you guys have got here. And I really encourage you in that, that that's such a valuable thing, especially during these times. So, yeah, we'd like to... Um, reintroduce ourselves to you i guess uh, and tell you a bit of our story of what's happened over the last couple of years as we've traveled to cambodia and how we got to be there i guess so kim's going to share a little bit of that have you got the slides
1: great there's you on a motorbike so this is elodie um and our other three children who are a bit shyer down the front do you want to go and sit down darling yeah no you want to stay with us okay that's fine Um, So four years ago when we came and shared, um, we shared a story of um, God's miraculous working in our lives and um, I'm a Tasmanian girl, um, grew up in Devonport and Craig's a Melbourne Victorian boy. Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, And we married in Victoria and lived there for a long time. But um, God did something amazing in our lives. And I won't share the story because I've told many of you before and it's quite a long story. But um, yeah, we we came down to Tasmania for a a little spell. Um, And at that time I had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And um, while we were here, we also suffered a miscarriage. And in our despair and grief, uh, we decided to climb Mount Roland. So this is a very significant area for us, and on that day as we climbed Mount Roland, God really spoke to us um, very clearly about the things that we were dragging up the hill with us, the things that were holding us back from serving him fully and from um, following him. So coming down from the mountain, we sold our house and our business, we quit our jobs, We moved to Tasmania and Craig studied aquaculture and we joined Global Interaction um, in preparation for going to Cambodia. So we've been in Cambodia for the last two years with Global Interaction. Can you go to the next slide, please? Oh, I didn't realise I was going to say that. So if you don't know Global Interaction, this is our tagline, empowering communities to develop their own distinctive ways of following Jesus, reaching the least reached least reached for Jesus and empowering the church to serve. So the Khmer people of Cambodia are considered a least reached group with only um, perhaps 1% of the country knowing who Jesus is. So our work in Cambodia is about um, making Jesus known in a way that makes sense to them.
0: I'll tell you a little bit about the history of Cambodia. Why are those pictures on their side? (laughs) OK, so these pictures are of the Angkor Wat temples. Um, Cambodia is a very um, ancient society. And the, um, the, the height of its empire was a 1,000 years ago, uh, when it controlled most of the region of Southeast Asia. Uh, and they built these temples uh, out of stone. Uh, and they're still standing today. But no one really knows why. the the temples were all abandoned in the jungle. And then a 100 years ago, a French explorer was uh, going through Southeast Asia and he stumbled across these ancient temples. Uh, And they've all been preserved and and you can go and visit them today. Uh, But it shows that once they were a great empire and now that empire is no more. So uh, it shows us that the empires of man don't last, but God's kingdom lasts forever. And more recently, um, the hist- in the history of Cambodia, you may or may not know that the, uh, the Khmer Rouge uh, was a communist uh, group that took over Cambodia. And they wanted to uh, restore Cambodia to its uh, what they thought was its original heart and vision. And so to do that, they wiped out all foreign influences, which included doctors, teachers, uh, anyone who was educated and they kicked them out of the country and they killed a lot of people. Uh, it, was a, it was a horrible period in their history and the country is still recovering from that today. And that was as recent recently as, uh, as the 90s, 1990s. So our, uh, as we go into Cambodia we see the effects of the war uh, and the effects that it's had on that country. Uh, the the a- average education level of people is very basic. Um, there's a lot of poverty. A lot of people live, they very much live day to day, just um, subsistence farmers growing rice and uh, living on what they can. Uh, and people don't really have a sense of Working for the future, they very much work for what I can get today, what I can do to look after me and my family today, and so our heart, as we go over there, is to try and, uh, I guess, encourage people to see beyond their own circumstances and to think about, you know, what God might have for them and what God can plan, uh, help them to plan for the future, and to give them an education and to give them a sense of security and. Um, that yeah, that God really does have a plan and a purpose for them. So that's what we're doing there. This is a church in Cambodia. It's actually on the lake. There's a, there's a very large lake in, in the centre of Cambodia. And most churches during the Khmer Rouge period were completely wiped out. All Christians were either killed or kicked out of the country. People, um, there's there's um, stories that uh, people have of uh, escaping to Thailand or... Um, there's many uh, Cambodian refugees that were taken in during that time. And, uh, but there were some Christians who survived. Uh, and this is a church which has been either replanted or um, recovered since that time. And uh, every year the lake floods. And so the, the church is built on big stilts. Uh, and during the wet season, you can only get to it by boat. So there's a whole community who lives out on the lake and their houses are all up on stilts. Um, and this church has been planted in that community, uh, and during the wet season, that's the only way you can get there, by boat. This is some typical transport in Cambodia. This shows the level of organisation and planning that they have. Um, if you can stack something more on, you will, and um, yeah, we've seen people, a fam- whole families on one motorbike, so uh, yes, it's, it's an interesting place. So this is our village where we live. Uh, we moved out to the village uh, a year after we got there, and uh, Ruben's met, made a friend in this picture. <laughs> Everyone has cows. Cows are like um, a very important part of people's property. Um, a cow, if people own a cow, it's very valuable to them. A cow can you know, have baby cows, and that will earn them a good income. Uh, and so, rather than putting their money in a bank, people will invest in buying a cow. Uh, and so, that's something that we've encouraged people in, and we've learned a lot about livestock and, and farming since we've been out there. Like to go to the yeah next slide. So, animals are a big part of our life in Cambodia. Uh, who's this, Ellie? Um. Pip and Ezra. Yeah, so that's our, that's our dog, Pip. Uh, he was a stray dog that just turned up on our doorstep one day and we were like, don't feed it because then it won't go away. And it was, Kim, Kim thinks it's the ugliest dog in the world. But uh, it didn't go away and eventually we decided we better feed it and it's become, she's become our dog and um, she's yeah, been a big part of our life there. Unfortunately, when we left for COVID, we came back here and we left the dog there. So someone's looking after the dog for us, but uh, we're looking forward to getting back to Pip, aren't we, Ellie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is Henry with a snake. There's a lot of snakes in Cambodia. When we first got there, there was a snake uh, skin hanging at the wall of our house. And we were like, if, if the snake, if the skin's there, then where's the snake? Um, but we've become a little bit more used to snakes because they're just everywhere in Cambodia. And this particular snake is not a poisonous one. Most of the snake species over there are not poisonous. There are some that are very poisonous, but um, the majority aren't. Uh, And this is actually a golden tree snake, which has the ability to glide between trees. So they jump from one tree and they glide to another tree. So fascinating little fact. But yes, lots of snakes and some feet yes yes sometimes they fall out of trees which we had happen as well so we've tried to um get uh, integrate ourselves as much as we can into the culture Uh, and to do that you have to learn about the people that you're living with Uh, and so we've spent a lot of time just doing the things that they do and one of the things that they do is harvesting rice so here's me pretending like i know what i'm doing Uh, in a rice field while this is our language teacher uh, and he's teaching me how to harvest rice. So they do it by hand with a sickle and they go and cut the rice and they tie it into sheaves very much like they would have done back in Bible times. So it's fascinating to learn those sorts of things uh, and it gives us an appreciation for how hard they work and how hard their lives are. And here's us uh, learning to process the rice so at one time of the year, they flatten the rice out and um, turn it into something called ombok, and they use a, a basket to sift the rice and get all the husks of the rice uh, off. So again, very very much as people have been living for thousands of years. But it's fun to learn those sorts of things. And this is one of our neighbors who has, who's teaching us how to work with bamboo. I had no idea how useful bamboo was before I went to Cambodia, but it's, uh, it's an incredibly useful building material. Um, and it grows like grass over there. So we were very thankful when we moved into a house and it had a bam tr- bamboo tree already there. Uh, in fact, our yard had a lot of beautiful trees. It had mango trees and all sorts of things. So we were very thankful uh, to be able to move in and uh, appreciate the fruits of someone else's planting. And here's Kim uh, all dressed up. Uh, going to a wedding. Now, Cambodian weddings are very different from Australian weddings. They're a lot louder for a start. Uh, the more money you have, the more speakers you will buy or hire for the wedding. And so people will have walls of speakers to be able to blast to as many people as they can so that they know that there's a wedding going on. So, uh, and, and you can see they also they dress up very brightly, and, and it's a very um, grand affair. So... That's been interesting. So it hasn't all been fun and games over in Cambodia. Uh, uh, During this last year we've had a couple of health problems. Um, Henry and I both uh, got infections in our feet which turned out to be um, antibiotic resistant bacteria which uh, caused us Um, some major problems and we both had to uh, go to the hospital in Thailand because the Cambodian hospitals they're okay but they just aren't able to handle the complicated um, diseases. So we both ended up in hospital for a a couple of weeks each Uh, but thankfully you know God really looked after us through that time and we were so thankful for people's prayers and people's support during that time so that we could we could do that but we really felt God's Uh, presence with us during that time. Do you want to talk a bit about COVID?
1: So um, COVID in Cambodia looks very different to here. Um, This is a picture of Elodie's dog flying back from Cambodia when the COVID outbreak happened. Um, For us we came back um, very quickly in March um, mostly because my mum who lives in Moriarty was quite unwell and we could see that the borders around us were closing that the world was shutting very quickly and so we thought we'd, we'd better get on a plane very quickly. So we had 24 hours between when we realised we needed to leave and when we were on a plane. Um, so just go to the next slide, please. So this is Reuben, our youngest, and he's just put his luggage on the scales and we've realised it weighs 3.8 kilos. And I looked at Craig and said, did you check his bag before we left home? And he said, no, I thought you did. So we got to Devonport and we unpacked his luggage, which only weighed less than four kilos, and all he'd packed was a dirty doona cover and some underwear and shorts. So we were very thankful that the people at Worldview had sent us some warm clothes um, to live in and to survive in while we were in uh, quarantine in Devonport. Um, Just go to the next one, please. So in Australia, we we very well understand uh, social distancing. We understand hand washing. We understand how COVID is spread. But in Cambodia, they have a very different view of of what COVID is. And they actually believe it's a spirit. And the spirit will come to your house and infect um, the people in your house. So to stop this happening, the people of our village and surrounding villages built these scarecrows that are actually meant to trick the spirits into believing that they've infected someone in the house and move on to another house. Just go to the next slide, there's a couple of these um, scarecrows. So. I just wanted to show you that to show you how differently they think about the world um, and how we have to really adjust our thinking when we're working with them Um, because we see illness very differently. We see it as um, something that can be fixed at a hospital um, and through prayer. And for them, it's very much a spiritual thing. So they'll often go and visit a witch doctor um, or seek spiritual healing or think that their illness is the result of... um, sin or um, a curse that's happened to them. Thankfully, COVID hasn't really taken hold in Cambodia. There's been less than 300 cases and no deaths. Um, And we think that might be because they're actually quite naturally socially isolated. You greet, um, you don't touch each other when you greet, you greet with your hands together um, and you ride on motorbikes by yourself so there's no public transport. There's not really ways to spread, spread the virus. So we're very thankful um, to God, that it hasn't taken hold there because the healthcare system is just so bad. Our plan is um, to go back to Cambodia, um, hopefully in January. Um, it's closed at the moment to um, most of the visa types that we would normally go in on, and so we're looking at, um, we've set up a business in Cambodia um, which hopefully can invite us to come in January. This is just a photo of the current floods that are happening in Cambodia. It's sort of been missed on the news, but this year there's been devastating floods, um, which, along with the loss of all of the tourists, which, um, as Craig showed you before, Angkor Wat is a huge tourist attraction. So, um, a lot of people have lost their jobs this year, and the floods have wiped out the rice crops. And we think that this has probably set back Cambodia at least 10 years developmentally, um, and so. Um, yeah please pray for the country Um, it's a very volatile time they're very dependent on other countries around them for help Um, yeah
0: yeah and if you can be praying for us as well as we think about how do we get back to Cambodia we we came back unexpectedly and I think we thought we'd be here for maybe six weeks and then we go back to Cambodia and as everyone would know this year just hasn't turned out how anyone planned so our current plan is to head back in January, but uh, that will rely on us getting visas and flights and things like that. So we will we'll ask that you would pray for us in that um, and that we'll be back in God's timing because you know we, we really don't know what this next year, this next season will hold. So um, I'd like to share a scripture with you that's come to mean a lot to me uh, since uh, being in Cambodia and, and since being at, being back in Australia and able to uh, reflect on our experiences, we have learned so much about the value of working together with people. And so I wanted to share this scripture as an encouragement to you guys today. And hopefully we'll break it down a little bit. We'll tell you a couple of our experiences and stories, uh, and hopefully that will help you to think about uh, God working in your life and how God is working in in this church. So it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 11, and uh, it's Paul writing to the Corinthian church, uh, and it seems like the Corinthian church at that time was having a bit of a disagreement about who was the most important person that they were supposed to be following. So they had Paul who would come and speak to them. They had Apollos who would uh, come and, you know, share about Jesus. And they probably had other people who came through at various times who would write them letters or would encourage them in how do we follow Jesus. But they'd, um, they'd got into this uh, idea of naming who, who was more important. If, you, you know, if, if, if one of them said, well, Paul said this, and so, you know, I'm more important because I'm following Paul. And someone else is saying, well, I'm following what Apollos said, so I'm more important. Uh, they'd gotten into this competition uh, of who was more important in the church. And so Paul was writing to them to, to try and encourage them or straighten out this idea of, uh, of competing with each other. And so he said, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the lord assigned to each i planted apollos watered but god gave the growth so neither he knew who plants nor he who waters is anything but only god who gives the growth he who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So... Here we can hear Paul's heart and I just want to highlight a couple of parts of this uh, which I think can speak to us. So Paul's very careful to, to, um, to call himself and the other people who are working for, who are sharing about Jesus, servants. He says we're servants as the Lord assigned to each. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it's according to the grace of God which is given. And I think that's a very important thing for us all to remember. Sometimes people uh, can look at us and say, oh, as missionaries or as cross-cultural workers, as people who are going overseas, oh, you must have a special gift or you must be really, you know, higher in God's kingdom somehow. Uh, And I can tell you from having walked the journey, it's not as glamorous as people might think it is, (laughs) if you ever thought, if you ever had that um, mistaken notion. Um, We are all servants of God, whether we go overseas or whether we go over the road. As soon as Uh, you have God's love in your heart and you take it to another person you are serving God you are following God's call and you are spreading the love of God to people in this world and so that is a really important um, thing to recognize that we are all God's servants and some of it have been some of us have been called in different ways some of us have been called to go to different places I'm not going to meet the people that you meet in your life, in your street, in your family, in the different places where you go, and you're not going to meet the people that I meet. So God's called us all to different things. So, uh, and he's given us all different gifts as well. Some of us are better at talking than others. Some of us are better at helping than others. Some, are, some of us are better at sharing food, whatever. We've all been given a gift, and we should all be encouraged to use that gift to share God's love amongst the people that we work amongst. Uh, (laughs) This photo has got um, two of our language nurturers in it. So when we work in Cambodia, we have to learn the local language, and it really is like going back to kindergarten, we have to learn to speak again, we have to learn to Learn what the words for dog and cat and car and all of the things that you start all over again. So it's very it's a very humbling experience, but through that uh, we are able to share some of our world with our language teachers. Um, and so uh, in our first year there, it came to December, and we started to get ready to celebrate Christmas. And they asked us, "What is what's this uh, event that you're celebrating?" and we asked them, have you ever heard of the story of Jesus being born? And none of them had heard the story of Jesus being born, which you would think in today's day and age with the internet and things like that, it would just be a universal thing. But these people, the, the, the only experience they had with Christmas was that um, some of the big hotels in the city would put up lights and snowflakes and snowmen and Santa Claus. And that's the only experience they had of Christmas. So we were really blessed to be able to share with them for the first time the story of Jesus coming into the world um, and and the story of Christmas. So after we did that, we thought, oh, it'd be great if we could put up a nativity set so we can show them the the little cute wise men coming in and things like that. Um, But we could not find a nativity set anywhere. Uh, And we even asked Kim's mum to send us a nativity set And she sent the most white nativity set I've ever seen. It had, you know, wise men with long flowing beards and everything was porcelain and it just was completely unrecognizable to that culture. So we asked our language teacher, we said, we've told you the story, the Christmas story. Do you think that you could help us to make a nativity set? And this is what he made. He he got clay from the side of the road and he sculpted it into these figurines and he he knew all the all the different people who were in the story and and he made this and we were so uh, blessed to see God working in that way uh, and it really made us realise that you know we are just servants as we could go in there and we could try and tell people the Christmas story and we could t- tell people you have to do it like this but at the end of the day it's God who does who. It's God who causes the growth. It's God who makes the things, uh, the change in people's hearts. Um, and, And this is an example where we saw this happening. So the second thing I wanted to highlight from this scripture is he who plants and he who waters are one. For we are God's fellow workers. I laid a foundation and somebody else is building upon it. So I really... Uh, I was struck by this idea that he who plants and he who waters are one, because Paul talks a lot about unity in the New Testament, and sometimes we feel a bit like oh, you know as long as we 're all just you know unity is is too hard a goal that we all have to be thinking the same and doing the same, and that um, you know we all have to conform to this idea of, of what being a Christian looks like but i don 't think that 's what Paul thought unity was I think. What Paul saw as unity was when we all work together for the same goal, we are unified, even if we're doing it in different places and in different ways. Um, and so the idea that we're all one is a really special thing. And that God, he says here that we are God's fellow workers. He doesn't just say that we're God's servants, which we are, but we're also God's fellow workers. So God is at work in the world, And there's this idea that we're coming alongside God and working with him, not just God's telling us, you need to go and fix that problem, and we go out and the world's a mess, and where do we start? But God's already at work in the world, and he's saying, come with me, come and work with me, and we can work together to see this world, um, to, to, yeah, see God's love shared. I'm going to ask him to share a story now.
1: Can you just go to the next slide? So my work in Cambodia is primarily with these women. Um, All of these women uh, grew up and still live on the rubbish dump in Siem Reap and they've spent their whole lives scavenging scavenging rubbish um, to make a living. Uh, Probably just about 18 months ago we set up a sewing centre for these women um, to give them a job, to give them skills and to give them a bank account. Most of them have alcoholic husbands who take their money um, and spend it on alcohol and so they've never been able to um, get ahead in life or um, change, change their situation. Um, In Cambodia, the the woman holds the purse. So this is okay for the women to have bank accounts. And this way they can just draw a little bit of money out when they need it rather than um, taking all their money home where their husband finds it and takes it. So I've been working with these women um, for just over a year. And um, every morning we do devotions together. And we um, sit around the word and we talk about what do you think that means. Now, they haven't come from a background of understanding who God is. And so it's taken a long time of them um, learning who God is through, we actually use the Jesus Storybook Bible. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a children's Bible. Um, it's easy for them to understand. And they've learnt the stories of who God is through the Bible. Um, just the next slide, please. We've had a lot of problems, though, with um, sickness amongst the women, um, the healthcare system in uh, Cambodia is really bad, and a lot of their money has been had to be spent on medicine and treatments in hospitals, which are often ineffective. Um, so my passion going back this time really is to teach them more about women's health, um, about to teach the village a bit more about sanitation um, and about basic healthcare. But the reason I wanted to share this story of the women this morning um, is because yeah we we left them suddenly they have other people working with them continuing to do the devotions with them every morning but um, about a month ago i received this is just a steal from a video and this is one of the girls that we um who works with us in the sewing center and because of the flooding because of um, covid and a lot of sickness this year um, for other reasons um, the girls decided that they wanted to give back to the very poor in their village. Now, previously, they would have been the poorest of the poor in their village, but now they've they've got a job. And so the girls went out and bought um, bags of rice and oil and soy sauce and fish sauce and took it to the elderly and the poor in their own village and gave it to them. And... Um, this is just a still from the video that they sent me and um, in it Lynn, this woman in the red jumper, is saying to this old lady, I've, I've come in the name of Jesus, do you know who Jesus is? Um, he's the one who's giving you this rice and I bless you in his name and, um, and so it's just so encouraging for us to see that these girls are actually going out now into their own village to their own people and um, and out of their own conviction, um, giving back to the people around them.
0: Isn't that an amazing story? We, we think that, you know, we're the ones who have to keep it going. And, and there is a sense that, you know, God does use us. But, you know, we went there and now we're back here and we feel like, well, it's all fallen apart. You know, what's God going to do now? But God's still working. Um, and we're just a part of that story. So that's really exciting to know that, you know, that God is continuing to work even when we're not there. So the last part I wanted to highlight from this scripture was where uh, he says, Only God gives the growth. You are God's field, God's building, and no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And I think, you know, that's a really important thing that we need to remember is that it's God who gives the growth. We can do our part, we can, um, we can show up, we can say what we can, but at some point we're always going to come to the end of ourselves. And that's what we feel you know, has been our experience, we've gone into a strange place, we've learned A strange language. We're trying to fit in and and express Jesus in a way that makes sense to them. But at some point, we're always going to fail. We're always going to come to our own ends, the limits of, of what we can do. But it's not all up to us, thankfully, because God is the one who gives the growth. And we just have to play our part, whether we're watering or whether we're sowing, whether we're planting the seeds whether we're helping or whether we just come in at the end and get to reap the harvest, it's God who gives the growth and we want to give glory to him. So I've got one final story that I want to share with you. Uh, This is our language teacher and we were really privileged to be there uh, when he decided to get baptised. So he's been on a journey. He said uh, he first heard about Jesus about seven years ago and it's taken him seven years to go from a place of first hearing about Jesus to actually making a decision to follow him. Uh, and so last year we were really privileged to be there when he decided to get baptised. So it was a really big celebration. We were able to um, uh, go swimming afterwards in the lake, and that was really fun. Um, but again, we, you know, we've shared our part with him, and maybe we were there for the harvest in that sense. We were, we were there during that part of his life, so that was really exciting. But now, if you go to the next slide, he's gone on to do more than uh, more than we thought as well so um, on the right is our language teacher and on, on the left is another one of his friends and they uh, were getting together and having bible studies and just going on bike rides together uh, and so one day they went riding up north and they got really close to the border of lao uh, and they found a beautiful forest and they just sat down and have a picnic and they decided they'd open up the bible and and read the Bible. And while they were there, someone heard them, and they came over and said, who who are you talking about? And they said, oh, we're talking about Jesus. And they said, can you come back to our village, please, and talk to our village? And so they went back to the village. uh, And back at this village, there was a group of Christians who had gone underground during the war. So this is back between the 70s to the 90s uh and they've been living as an underground church still believing in jesus but not having any contact with believers from the outside until our language nurturer came and accidentally uh, stumbled upon them so now he is the first missionary to their village and and we're so thankful that we can be a part of that process we haven't even met them yet because this happened since we've been back in australia but it, just, it really shows and reminds me that one person can plant, one person can water, but it's God who gives the growth. And I really hope that that's encouraged you this morning to be part of God's kingdom in whatever way that you can. And to, um, to feel good about the part that you play, whether you see, get to see the results of someone um, coming to know Jesus or not. Just know that you've played your part. So let's pray this morning and and commit that to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this church. We thank you for your word to us that it doesn't have to all be up to us and our own efforts, but that you are already at work in the world. We thank you, Lord, that you are encouraging us and calling us to be a part of your kingdom in whatever way that looks like and we, help, we pray that you would help us to, uh, to serve you in, in our, whatever way that we can, whatever way that you've given us to, um, to serve you. We pray that you'd help us to hear your voice as you lead us to the people around us. We pray for the people of Cambodia. We pray that they would come to know you, that your kingdom would be established in that country, and that, um, that the people of Cambodia would uh, take hold of your word and their understanding of you and be able to take that to those around them. And we thank you for all the things that you're doing. In Jesus' name.